Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Time now for the newest part of the Dermot and Dave show. We believe everybody has got a great story in them. And that's why we're doing What's the Story? And today it's the turn of this fella. Well, I remember when I was a chiseler. We used to go down to the bakery. Oi, Mr. Brennan, we'd show. Your bread is shite. Anyone else looking forward to the delicious shrobes they're having for dinner? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, looking forward to our delicious shrobes. Guys, what even is a shroub? Oshin, mate, do you want a soft drink? Cool, Abula. Oscar, mate, do you want a soft drink? Nice one. Cormac, mate, do you want a soft drink? Nice one. Neen. Neen, I'll get it for you, baby. I'm just nipping down the old punto. Ori, how's it going? Is that my wadi, is it? I have an ad for you, right? My wadi lives over the ocean. Hey, he's got over 4 million views online, over half a million likes on TikTok and over 100,000 followers on social media. Now he's got a brand new stage show, Pony, with dates around Ireland. And Tony Cantwell is here for What's the Story? What's the Story? Today FM. How are you, Tony? I'm great, I'm so excited. Even <laughs> you're so excited, your voice broke. <laughs> I, know. I know, I'm a lay developer. Uh, what, what age were you when your voice broke? Um, I think it was eight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen to you, you probably, probably came out of the womb asking for a smoking jacket and a cigar. I did, it was weird actually. My voice broke the day of a penalty competition and I won it. And I kind of thought that, oh my God, maybe this is my life now. Maybe <laughs> maybe the testosterone is here. Did it break that dramatically that you went from uh, to, uh, in a day? It did that day, and then it kind of mellowed out. I think I might have had a cold, but it happened at the same time. So it's like, oh my god, this is my life now. <laughs> oh, I was the opposite. I was such a podcasting, such a, yeah, <laughs> such a slow burner. Uh, mine broke over, I'd say, a period of four to five months. Yeah, he played me clips of him when he was like sixteen, and he was still going, "Hi, here my friends in Limerick." I'm so excited. It's like, what the hell? You were an adult practically. Well, I'm sure there was someone you hadn't seen in those months, and they're like, "Oh my god, man." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. But Tony, it's a pleasure to have you on. You're amassing some amount of views online. And I know you've been doing live stuff. Do you enjoy both aspects of that? Do you get more of a kick out of the stage stuff? I do get a great, I mean, there's nothing more gratifying than being an attention seeker, asking for that attention instantly and getting a laugh is probably the greatest joy you can ever get as a child of divorce. But as for the videos, <laughs> it's kind of like, I do really like just sending it out there and assuming all of it is brilliant. So that kind of ignorance is also quite sweet. And do you ever feel like, you know, you've put loads of work into something and it gets a disappointing reaction and then you just throw one thing up that you just like, oh, just do that. And all of a sudden it's like, four million views, what's happening? But I love that. I just love the fact that someone could just say, you know, avocado wrong and say fresh avocado <laughs> and that's bigger than know. you know Taco Bell put billions into their marketing campaign and someone <laughs> just says avocado wrong you know I just love that that's the world that we live in so no yeah. I, I love I love either you know I notice here just on your list of accolades that Hot Press voted you the second and third best comedian in Ireland <laughs> over the past two yes. years so does Gradually. that mean you were third then you went to second or, or you were second and third at the same time which would be an incredible feat no I was I was second and then the next year I was third, which isn't the biggest <laughs> fall from grace. But, no. you know, is I'm gradually being whittled down. I mean, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like off a cliff, but becoming one by one comedian <laughs> more obsolete. Is, every year. is there a, I mean, you know? I'd like to know who was first, because then could you take him out? 
or her. Well, it's and Tommy then, Tiernan, and I think oh, I think oh. you know it would be a day of mourning if I did that. Yeah, I mean, the only way you'd get away with that is if you kill Tommy Tiernan in battle, like you know, as <laughs> sort of as Vikings, and that you know yeah. you you fought with honor and and he died on a battlefield. I think people would forgive no, you for people that. People would still shun you. <laughs> no, that's it. No, from the village. I kill him. I get to take on his crown, which is a little beanie that he now wears, and I <laughs> yeah. take on the mantle of shouty man. And that's just how he passes it on. Um, Tony, you're all over the country. We've got you three dates in Vicker Street. You're in Spirit Store, Dundalk, Set Theatre, Kenny, Whale, and Greystones. Every man in Cork between now and the first of May. That is a hell of a run. I'm very much looking forward to it, yeah. It's very exciting to do the biggest thing you've ever done after not doing it for <laughs> for two years, you know? Like, my <laughs> yeah. wife was laughing. She was like, you know, people, like, haven't really been talking for the last two years, and you need to go up there and act like you're the best at talking. And I'm like, well, that's not really helping me here. But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Wives are great you, for bringing your feedback down to ground. Yeah, you need to get a... Yeah, no, it is. I need to get a different cheerleader there, I think, yeah. <laughs> Um, I know, she's a beautiful pragmatist. I love it about her. Come here. Do you mind us asking, what's the story, Tony Cantwell? Oh, God. Well, speaking of my wife. Oh, my God. Speaking of my wife. (laughs) um, What kind of Christmas lights do you guys like? Oh, I like the soft white, and I like them on all year round. I have an argument with my wife about that. I've managed to retain one set of Christmas lights above the Mm. cookbooks in the kitchen. That's it. That's pretty good going. When you get married, obviously, you realize it's all about compromise, right? This year, I wanted to get a fake tree. My wife wanted to get a real tree. So we compromised and we got a real tree, right? <laughs> so when it came to the Christmas lights, I was like, all right, I think we should compromise my way. So I just went straight to this Christmas pop-up shop and I wanted to get multicolor lights, right? My wife likes the kind of classic warm white kind of lights. I want neon <laughs> Vegas strip, the sort of lights that when you see them on in a gaff and you're walking by, you're like, now there's a family eating in front of the TV. You know, that kind of vibe. <laughs> now that's my kind of people. And I want that representation in the window. So I went to this shop and I didn't know what I wanted other than I wanted them to be longer than the lights we had last year and I wanted them to be multicolor. So I picked up this box, I brought it up to the till. And the guy's like, okay, so that's 50 meters of lights, right? And I was like, ah, I'll be fine. And he says, uh, well, what, how big is your tree? I said, about two meters. And he says, right, that would be probably be about 45 meters more than we recommend <laughs> you put on your tree. And I was like, look, mate, don't be getting me down here. Cash is king. I start waving my 50 quid in his face. Just wrap up my 164 feet of lights and I'll be on my way, right? So I, I bring them home. And my wife has the same reaction. She says, 50 meters of lights. And I said, Terry, that'll be two or three times around the treetops. Because you know what it's like with Christmas lights. It looks like loads. Yeah. And then it barely wraps around once. So then on my 27th <laughs> circumference around the tree, I realized that I was wrong. And it was a lot of lights. There was no green left on the tree. And it looked less like a tree and more like a walnut whip <laughs> made of wires. You know? So then I made a big hullabaloo. Rather than just concede defeat, as you do, I made a big scene. I was like, right, Terry, if you don't like the color, I'll just take them off. So I didn't know where I'd started on the lights, so I couldn't go around the other way. So the only thing I thought to do was kind of shimmy the lights down, like bunch them up in a ring and pull them down the tree. Now, anyone who has ever seen a tree <laughs> or even a triangle will know that it gets wider at the bottom. So this is a very bad idea. So I was bending the branches around. I'm like twisting it. All the crystal things are falling off. My wife was like, you're killing the tree. I'm like, it's already dead. So I give me it down. It takes about an hour. And then my wife says, right, well, that's 50 quid. We're never going to see again. And I said, no. 
As long as I bring it up on Dermot and Dave, that is what we call a tax-deductible <laughs> expense. And, and my, that my accountant has taught me anything is that you can expense anything. So that is the story. Beautiful, Tony. Fantastic, Tony. Beautiful. We're delighted to be part you, of your Jamie. annual audit. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9 a.m. Today.